0: Hello and welcome back to the Real Talk Podcast. This week we are celebrating Literacy Week here at Duval County Public Schools. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Began.
1: And I'm Vicki Pierre. And joining us today we have Monika Jenkins, Executive Director of the Office of Secondary Reading and ELA. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. We also have Larry Rosiers, Assistant Superintendent of Family and Community Engagement. Thanks for being here today.
2: Well, thank you for inviting me.
1: And finally, we have Chris Boven, Assistant Director of Community Relations and Marketing with the Jacksonville Public Library. We appreciate you being here
3: today. Thanks, Vicki. Really happy to be here.
0: So the first question, right out of the gate, is probably the easiest question I have to ask, is why do we even designate a week to celebrate literacy?
4: So I'll take this one. Um, Ultimately... Florida Department of Education has an annual initiative, and that is to celebrate literacy. This is an opportunity for our teachers, our students, our parents, our community members to kind of really engage in learning and and more so reading. And it's an opportunity also for the community members to come in and share that experience as well at the school. So that's part of the reason, although literacy should happen all the time. So um, just one week. Anybody else?
3: Yeah, I think it's wonderful that we celebrate Literacy Week. At the library, we uh, really want to find ways to get people reading and learning and understanding and finding new ways and building new pathways in their brain. So a week is probably not enough, and we like to do it all year round, but it's really wonderful to dedicate one week just to literacy.
1: And so this question is for the whole group. Why is literacy so important?
4: So for me, literacy... Is the key that unlocks the door to limitless opportunities and I don't think that that's just in reference to a career I'm looking at in an individual I'm looking at families and also how you can be better in a community involvement so really it allows students to really explore it and succeed but beyond just a career
3: yeah literacy is it really builds all of the successes that you're going to have in future life. There are statistics and studies that say that kids who don't like to read, by the time they are in first grade, are really at higher risk for dropouts and having trouble. One thing that we teach at the library is that the first four or five years of life, those are the times when you're learning to read. So you're learning to put together letters and words, and you're doing a lot of different early learning concepts. If kids do not value literacy and parents don't value literacy for their kids, by the time that they're ready to start enjoying reading, they can't be still learning how to read. So it's learning to read, and then what we need them to be doing by the time they're in first grade, we need them to be reading to learn.
4: I agree. But not just reading to learn, but then reading for information after. When you think when you get to the secondary level, a lot of our students, they don't have the motivation, the internal motivation to read. So really promoting literacy to go beyond just the beginning parts of of school.
3: Yeah, and that's where we are doing some great programs in the library. We're trying to do a program right now called Read 66. Build a good reading habit. Read for 15 minutes a day um, for 66 days in a row. We want people to build those good habits and have fun and and get some uh, good incentives and good rewards?
2: You know, the, the bottom line is that um, so many of our children and from so many of our communities, when you look at it, we, we always talk about this digital divide, but there's a literacy divide as well. Mm. And if we don't attack this early, the literacy divide, the, the, the division grows. And so further and further, we have a lot of our children who are left out of a lot of great opportunities because Catching up is hard to do.
0: And one of the things that we've been doing here at Duval County Public Schools is uh, building partnerships. And one of these partnerships is between the district and the library. So let's discuss how did this partnership kind of start.
2: And, and, and I, think, I think it started with a conversation between um, Barbara Gubin, the library director, and our superintendent, Dr. Nikolai Veedit. I think the, the literacy divide is, is real. And so how can we get our young people interested in going to the library? And because research even says the more that we can get young people in front of books, the more powerful that is. And so the goal of the first year was to try to get at least all of our K through three children to the library. Uh, and, but what we were defining out was that there was this, this, this obstacle, and the obstacle was the library card because right. because so right. many of our young people had library cards that had fines on them. And so yeah. how can we then work through that obstacle? And so the idea was to come up with these virtual library cards.
3: Right. As right? Yeah, it was wonderful. It was a great, great opportunity for a partnership to come up with a card that didn't require some of the things that might make a card not as useful. So uh, like Larry was saying... If kids have fines on their cards, uh, whether it's the kids that took them out or the parents that used up their their card energy, um, then they can't take out more things. They can't take out more books, so they just drop out and they stop using it. So that's where we decided to create this student card. So we decided to both get kids into the library with some great field trips and then also create this student card opportunity that was a virtual card. All they need is their student ID, which they have, and then that becomes their library card. So
2: that first year, we concentrated on K through five. There are 38,000 young people of students in K through five, and so all 38,000 uh, of our students had access to the student virtual library card. And so then the conversation became, how do we get them there? And so we created field trips K to three. So every child in K to three went to the library, and we made sure that happened through sponsorships and business partners who rallied around. Us to to pay for buses right. and those kinds of things, and so that first year we had thirty eight thousand children um, with library cards,
3: and that was a great. Uh, it was a wonderful success. We it was so great to go into any library and you would see these kids come in, and a lot of these kids, it's the some of them, it's the first time they may have ever been in a library, and it was. I just, it was really heartwarming to see. You had kids when they would all leave with at least one book. So they would all check out a book and leave with a book. We had kids that would say, Really? I can take this with me. I can take this home. And as Larry was talking about, it's so important not just to get kids reading. When kids have books in their homes, that steps it up even another notch. And that is another part of the literacy divide. So there are a lot of places where kids in their homes, they have no books at all. And then and there's other families and other different demographics that might have 10 books. And the difference that that makes is huge. So now by giving them books to take home and use, we still start again building that habit of having books in the home that gets them more in touch and engaged with reading
2: and so so the second leg of that now we're we're moving towards all of our classes Grades K, four, and seven right. going to the library, and so we're excited about what we see. And, and I and I think I think I think you touched on on something that was very important. We have so many of our children who have not been to the library before, or when they went to the library, they didn't have the opportunity to check out anything. Right. And so now you should see the amazement on their faces. It's they have incredible. this opportunity to check out the book. Now they get to go back to the classroom. They get to share. They go home. They get to share with their parents. And now a parent are even getting excited about about reading and mm-hmm. and about uh, going to the library on their own, and that was our real goal. Right. How right. can we get our parents taking the children to the library on their own? And we're starting to see some of that happen.
0: Because it's not about just that student. It's a, I mean, the whole child. We discussed that here as as Duval mm-hmm. County. It's it's part of the whole child, and part of the whole child is also involving the family, right? And and see, that's the key. And I think some, somewhere in there, we we lo- we lose that, right? And so it's
2: about the the total family getting. Involved involved and immersed in all of the literacy that takes place, all the rich kinds of things that take place in the home as well as at the school.
4: Yeah,
1: Excellent. Well, it's good to hear how well this partnership is going. My next question is for Monika. Um, a lot of new things going on this school year. Um, what's new in terms of curriculum when it comes to reading, and how do partnerships
4: like this help? So what's new, uh, in our middle schools, we have the six um, eight adoption for Holton Mifflin Harcourt textbook, and that basically allows our students to each have a book um, per student. Not only the textbook, but our novels that we purchase, they also get per student. So students can take the books home and read them at home. And then when we think about um, the partnership with Jacksonville Public Library, we have Educators, that if there's another yeah. book that you want to explore, the educator card allows um, teachers to check out 100 books that they can use in their classroom. So that kind of augments what we're providing um, at the school level by utilizing uh, the Jacksonville Public Library as well. We also have um, two, well, one new title, it is uh, Into the Wild, and that's in our 10th grade classroom. And then this year we had a partnership for the Big Read yeah. and, in partnership with Jacksonville Public Library, and that is Namesake, which is um, going to, we're actually getting ready to see, I think, is it the director? for the The movie that will be coming.
3: Yeah, the director of the movie is going to be coming. We're just about to launch this big read initiative, and we are so pleased that the 11th graders got a chance to read this book. It's, It's just really fantastic. We're trying to get all of Jacksonville to read this book, and the 11th graders are going to lead the charge. So we're really, really excited that we had that partnership.
4: And it's really interesting because our theme for literacy, Celebrate Literacy Week, is how literacy changes our world. And namesake kind of really ties in with that cultural piece and how... Uh, reading can change your world, but you also look at your name and you think about you know who you are and your identity piece. That all that's interwoven into the novel namesake.
3: Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's great and and it really is and it's important. It's definitely a topic for uh, some teens would probably mm-hmm. be struggling with identity <laughs> issues sometimes. Yes. And and it's really nice that we can have this conversation. Um, and something else uh, that uh, Monika mentioned, the educator card. We just love seeing getting more and more educator cards, and we need more teachers. We only have about a thousand and educator cards out. We need more teachers. You can get a ton of books. Um, and we also have an educator newsletter that we send out so you get more information and all this stuff. So we really want to keep um, getting people getting people to come on board. Well,
0: how do teachers get this card? If you, the, what's the best way for them to, to take part of it?
3: Yeah, they can go into a library branch. That's an excellent way to go in, see what's at the library and take that out. They can also go to our website, jackspubliclibrary.org and they can follow the instructions to get a card and that way they can make the application for an educator card
1: and so what tools are being utilized to help students get to grade level because we know grade level reading at your grade level is really important
4: so one of our programs, we, outside of iReady, we also have Achieve 3000 and we do utilize Achieve 3000 in grades 3 through 12 and this program allows students access to informational text and it's at their individual Lexile level and then it, it basically pushes the students. So as they work in their independent Lexile level, it will challenge them continuously and then once the student shows that they're moving, it automatically Adjust their Lexile level and continues to increase it. So it builds their stamina, but it also builds their individual Lexile level. We also have um, Inspire Literacy. It's an ILIT program that also provides students in the reading classes with access to about 400 other titles that they can read as well at various Lexiles, and that is both um, informational as well as fictional.
0: So Going back to the classroom now, how are we seeing this partnership with the library and everything that's going on with it? How is that helping the students in the classroom um, when it comes to things like the uh, the end of school exams and uh, those type of tests?
3: Yeah, um, I mean, you know, obviously the things that Monika mentioned are fantastic to get people there. One other thing that we have that we work with the schools and we uh, we give an opportunity for kids to use is something we have called BrainFuse. BrainFuse is a really cool system. It gives kids the opportunity to get help with their homework. And it's up to the point where from 2 a.m., 2 p.m. to 11 p.m., seven days a week, they can get a live tutor. So they can actually have a tutor from the Internet live. This tutor is going to be somebody they're not going to give them the answers. It's really neat to see the demo, but they'll lead kids in the – direction of how can they learn how can they learn to solve the problem so that's one thing that we like to work on and give that opportunity so when they're using iReady they can also cut con- which they can do in the library they can also use brain fuse and that's just another tool that we give an opportunity and we really have a lot of fun with it
0: the community at the end of the day just likes results yeah you know mm-hmm. and they don't know how or they don't really care how we got to where right. we're at what are things you're seeing that uh, that make it difficult but? it also makes it part of the challenge.
4: So I think one of the challenges specifically for secondary is the lack of the internal motivation of students to read. But I think that also stems from maybe not having that at the home. So really beginning at home, how much emphasis are we putting into reading beyond the school day? I think a lot of the ideal pieces of, of reading is left to the school as opposed to what happens when the kids are at home there's a lot of time uh, that is not in a building with a teacher that students have and, and many of our students they, they play video games uh, of course we're in the technology era so you see them on twitter you see them on Instagram so how I mean they might be reading but to, to what extent are they reading to really increase their literacy or their knowledge so I really think finding ways to have students have that internal motivation without the external piece, because oftentimes we're encouraging them, but we don't really see it. So that's one of the challenges. Uh, we also have some students that come to school at the elementary level, and they're lacking some of the, just the primary, the basics, um, and what the ha- what happens is they get behind, um, and so phonics instruction is very important. And then when you get to fourth and fifth grade, that advanced phonics instruction is really what's going to take them beyond, because that's when you're talking about your prefixes, your suffixes, things that are going to have more in your multisyllabic words that that students are going to need for higher level thinking um, when they move on to high school. So I think there's a combination of challenges, but I think the primary challenge for me is at the secondary level, we do lose internal motivation. I think we do have it, for the most part, in elementary kids like to read, um, but that's where a lot of fictional pieces are as well. So as they delve into informational text, it becomes a challenge.
2: I, I would like for if, if, if Chris and I can kind of tag team on it, I'll, sure. I'll start it. But one of the things that we've, we've learned um, with our elementary students is uh, the, trying to maintain the momentum in summer, mm-hmm. and, yeah. so, yes. and so and mm-hmm. so, in all of our summer camps, uh, we have etched out time for all the children to go to the library, and so we use that mm-hmm. as a means of continuing the momentum. And we've had. Great success with that. Yes. We really have. Um, so much success that it has even spilled over into the fall. And so I'd like Chris to kind of talk about some of the programs that we use to continue the momentum as we continue this partnership, having children go to the library throughout summer camps in the, in the summer.
3: Yeah, and we have a great opportunity. We... Have, uh, we create an entire summer learning program. And it's very common around the country. It's it's not, of course, unique to us, but we like to put a lot of energy and a lot of time into making sure that it's something that is engaging, that's helping kids build that motivation that Monique was talking about. And it's so critical for kids to not have that summer slide into just going to summer vacation, and not having not having to crack the books anymore. And what we do for these programs, like Larry said, we go out to the summer camps. We do all kinds of programming. We do educational programming. We do informational programming. But we do a lot of engaging and exciting programming. We have magicians. We have clowns. We have... Uh, you know all kinds of interactive things that kids can do. We're really getting into also at the library. We're getting into a lot of tech, so we're doing things on 3D printing and 3D design, and and we know that kids love video games, so we find ways to build that into. And we really, really see a great response to our summer learning uh, this year. This last year, we had uh, a, a nice big increase over the previous year. I think it was. I think it was probably. I mean. It was probably, I think we had a few more thousand kids that we got to touch. And not just from the regular summer learning, but this partnership with the camps is huge. This gets us in touch with a huge audience. It's one thing to get kids to come out to the library, which can be challenging. Mm -hmm. But when we can meet them where they are in the summer camps, it's just phenomenal what we can do. So
2: it was 2,090 students with 7,458 books read from our summer program, wow. and I just wanted, wow. wanted that to be uh, known yeah. because we know that part of our challenge is that our children go through a summer slide, right. and we wanted to continue the momentum, so we partnered with the Jacksonville Public Library, and we are making sure that our children get to the library and that the library comes to us right. during the summer.
0: And I think that's important to hear. Is I think a lot of people in the community think that these summer programs are nothing more than just a bunch of athletic camps. You know, are yeah, the right. kids playing dodgeball all day yeah, right. and having lunch? And I, I, there's there's learning going on, but that's inside our walls. Let's talk about things that are going on at home. How do we get parents involved? Because I think parent involvement is a is a key to anything that we do. How do you get the families involved and get help get their students or students in, uh, to enjoy reading more? It's I think it's not just to read but it's also to enjoy it
2: so one of the things that we we have done um through our parent academy um Mm At this point, now get my numbers right. Three thousand one hundred parents have come through the Parent Academy mm-hmm. at this stage of the game. And what we do is we offer a lot of classes, and we we invite the experts out mm-hmm. to to talk with our parents, to motivate our parents, and give them strategies. Because I think a lot of times what happens is um, we talk at our parents, and we don't allow our parents to be involved in the process. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that the Parent Academy does it allows our parents to be involved with the experts. So we'll let. Jenkins talk about some of the courses that they lead that engage our parents in this operation of how can i go back home and help my child
4: and I'm glad you thank you, Larry, because we actually um, I'm actually one that does go out and we actually you talked earlier about what programs we have and one of our programs is Achieve 3000. And so we do offer a course on Achieve 3000 where we walk the parents through what students are actually doing. But I also provide the parents with their login. And so one of that the beauties of that is that you can see what your child is doing every day, but they're also able to read with their child and have a discussion about that particular topic. And that's something that is just a small but yet a big win for reading uh, for students at any level. So having an opportunity to read the text with your child, to discuss that same concept with your child, and then even to even go further and maybe research further about that idea or that concept that you may have read about. Um, Another thing that I think that parents... uh, is really just modeling for students, that it's okay to read. And and if, they, if a student, I look at my brother, my brother just had his, his son, his son is two, and he loves to go to the refrigerator. Well, I noticed that my mom, when my brother comes in, the first place he goes is to the refrigerator. So our kids like to emulate our parents. And so <laughs> I do, I if do. we see our parents reading and they're looking at a book, you'll see kids with a book. So really parents can really help by reading themselves and showing students that, and it doesn't have to be a book. It could be a magazine. Right. It could be a professional journal it could be the newspaper as long as kids are seeing parents read that definitely helps but also opening up those opportunities for conversation about what are you reading in school? Well, wh- what's that book about? Having conversation with the student also helps w- with, with learning and reading as well.
2: And some of these strategy courses take uh, will, will, will happen outside of what you just called the brick and mortar. Mm-hmm. We go inside churches, we go into community centers, and we go and do the modeling that Ms. Jenkins just talked about. See, that's the key. I think we, we also go into neighborhoods that oftentimes uh, can't get to the library, yeah. right?
0: You go to where the people oftentimes, are. Oftentimes,
2: right. oftentimes the child doesn't bring the book bag home, and if mm-hmm. they do bring the book bag home, the strategies are missing in the book bag, right? <laughs> right. And so, and so with our parent academy courses, we go out where what, what some people deem to say hard to reach parents. I say we go out to just meet parents where they are,
3: mm-hmm. right? And we've talked about a couple of these programs that I mentioned. We talked about summer learning, and we talked about Read sixty six, and something that. That we feel is very important at the library is that we extend those same opportunities to our adults. So we do have lifelong learning programs, and that's for everybody from 18 on. And not only are the kids participating in Read 66 and getting some rewards and getting some reinforcement and getting some encouragement, but we also have the parents have an opportunity to participate and model the way like Monique and Larry are saying. They, the summer learning, we have a ton of summer learning programs also that are for adults and we're trying to make sure that we make that connection and that we model everybody and one other thing I want to mention about reading is, and I'm a person who likes to do this, remember that reading is not just always reading a paper book. We have a lot more going on at the library and one thing is that a lot of people say that listening to books is cheating uh, In fact, there was a study that came out last <laughs> year that said that the, your processes that you're doing, the language processing and the, um, the dictionary coding. Those processes are the same processes, whether you're reading from a paper book or listening to a book, uh, CD or audiobook or audible. Uh, so don't discount that you have time to listen to books in the car. And I do it all the time. I think it's fabulous. It's very enriching and it builds a great habit.
1: And so final question, um, if you're not a parent, if you don't have a child in school, but you still want to help, what can you do to get our
3: kids reading? one thing you can do is you can donate to the library. (laughs) Um, If you do want to get involved and you want to provide your support and partnership, um, you can of course donate to the Library Foundation which would be wonderful. We have a lot of great programs going. But you can also volunteer. You can volunteer to help at the library. Uh, There's always going to be opportunities to do different things that even if you don't have a child but you want to get involved, you can be one that does the mentoring and does the volunteering.
2: And don't don't be fooled by the fact that we say they are parent academy courses exactly. you don't have to be a parent mm-hmm. to attend our courses right. yeah. we want and i often tell people all the time it's also about helping your neighbor's job mm-hmm. true mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so so please please we, we 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 invite folks to take a part of our parent academy courses not only just to help your children but also the neighbor's job takes a village.
1: Well, y'all were awesome. We appreciate all of the information, the tips. I know I learned a lot this afternoon. (laughs)
3: Yes.
0: And to learn more, you can always go to DuvalSchools.org. There you'll find different links. Uh, The Parent Academy link is right there also. Um, Also, uh, things like ELA, iReady, things like that that will help parents and help students that maybe get back into the reading. Um, I know at my house... It's kind of 50-50 down the line. My wife as a teacher pushes our kids to read. I don't read as much as I'm sure I should. And I, that's something that I think as a parent you also need to acknowledge and go, you know what, maybe I can be better. Maybe I can do better for not just my family, but we can also give back. We're sitting on a ton of books. You know, how what's a way if, if somebody is, has a bunch of like kids' books, you see those at yard sales all the time. What is a better way? Can you donate? Will schools accept those books?
4: Absolutely. So we can always increase our classroom libraries. So teachers, we, we will take any book that you have if you wanted to drop them off. I've got to, five
3: cases of books.
4: We'll take them.
0: <laughs> okay. We'll take them.
4: And then finally, Jacksonville Public
1: Library, what's right. the website? Or phone number?
3: Jax Public Library, www.jaxpubliclibrary.org. And the phone number is 630-BOOK, 630-BOOK-2665. And we are on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. You can find us everywhere.
0: Awesome. Once again, thank you, everybody, for joining us. And uh, this has been The Real Talk Podcast.